0: Democrats are so upset about their election failures that they've elected the exact same leaders by acclamation. Welcome to Ruthless.
1: U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died.
0: Judge Amy
1: Coney Barrett. If Joe Biden wins, Democrats can sack the courts a lined dog face pony soul. Maybe that's a question you should ask China. Anyway, my time's up. I'm not thinking about that. That's President. okay. I, I know Lincoln.
0: you're not thinking. You never do.
1: It's a whole hoax, and you know who's playing into the hoax? People like you and the fake news media. We
0: are born free, and we will stay free. Well, the first thing you're going to notice here on Ruthless is that our dear friend Smug is overseas. He has Revealed where he is. He's been sending out pictures of pyramids and the like, And but we got a podcast to do here, folks, and the, the best thing that we could possibly consider doing is dunking with Duncan throughout an entire episode. So I'd like to welcome our good friend, Michael Duncan.
1: Josh, it's an honor and a privilege uh, to be here and be able to dunk on everything.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to give you plenty of opportunities uh, as we pray for the health and well-being of our good friend Smug uh, traveling abroad.
1: Well, I'm, I'm I'm really hoping that we can get uh, a dispatch uh, from our new foreign correspondent um, in the field. It would be uh, nice.
0: It would be nice if you could carve out like three minutes for us.
1: Yeah, I just I would I, I would love to get that that take.
0: Well. <laughs> The program goes on. And so the first place we're going to start here is the fact that Democrats were so upset about failing to expand the majority in the House, losing a whole bunch of seats, failing to retain the majority in the Senate, that they're just angry. Last week, we covered this on the program uh, extensively about how House Democrats were just reading Pelosi, the riot act up one side and down the other. Well, this week it was Schumer's turn. Let me read for you. excerpt out of the hill. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer is in listening mode as colleagues are venting their disappointment over falling short yet again of winning back the Senate majority. Schumer has presided over two conference calls in which fellow Democratic senators analyzed the disappointing results in Iowa, Maine, Montana, North Carolina. I mean, you could just keep reading this. The whole, the whole story in the Hill is absolute gold cool because it's, it's perfect. But, but the bottom line is they're just so absolutely upset that the next day they reelect the guy
1: unanimously. Oh, right, you love it. You love it. I mean, what a it is, lesson to learn.
0: I mean, there is no. Reason. Why you could look at Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and say, you know, these folks did a real bang up job in 2020 boy. We're lucky to have them.
1: <laughs> it, it's, you know, there's a lot of talk in, in DC that people fail upwards in this town and you will find no better example of that than Chuck Schumer.
0: It, it's incredible. If you watch for those, I guarantee nobody watches as much Chuck Schumer as I've been forced to, to watch over the years because of my previous jobs. And basically the guy never stops talking. Um, but if you watch what he does, he, he like every Sunday, he'll go out and do a press conference in New York. He has, like a, I'm told, a stand that he keeps in the trunk of his car. And he basically just breaks it out and gets in front of a camera. But Ugh. everything that he says every week, it's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, right? It's like there's no thoughtfulness about the messaging. There's no sincerity to it whatsoever. It's just like whatever's on the front page of the newspaper, and I'm going to talk about it and blame Republicans for it.
1: And he's just so like, it's just so cringe, dude. I mean, (laughs) like, look, go back and watch that video clip of him on the streets of New York celebrating, um, saying, you know, we have to take Georgia and then we can change America. Do you think he's inspiring anyone (laughs) with that? I mean, it's, it's
0: terrible. It's brutal. But, you know, his, his, his partner across the way in the House doesn't do any better. It, I pulled one quote. This was in The New York Times, I believe, this morning, um, because I think it perfectly summarizes Pelosi and Schumer and their sincerity or lack thereof on everything that they deal with. She's, this is right after, mind you, she's been elected again by her colleagues. Despite all the bitching and moaning, she's been elected to lead them again. She says, quote, the theme, I think, of what has to be, or what we do next, is about justice, Ms. Pelosi told Democrats in private remarks after the votes. It has to be about justice in the economy, the justice system, the environment, and healthcare. What the hell is she even talking about? I mean, I'll tell you why she keeps bringing this up. It's because she knows that she's gotten raked up one side and down the other by justice Democrats and she figures i don't really have to actually have to do anything that they're concerned about as long as i just refer to the word justice over and over.
1: Yeah, just say the word. Just 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 <laughs> give them the word and then behind the scenes what you can actually do like she did with her here remember the heroes bill in the house over the summer ostensibly like a coronavirus bill that she managed to <laughs> insert <laughs> a salt cap repeal (laughs) for blue state millionaires that live in McMansions.
0: I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The insincerity of it is amazing. She stands in front of a microphone and talks all about healthcare workers and about all the things that we need to do to repair our economy. And then she's like, but actually what I need is a blue state tax cut for millionaires.
1: Right. And I mean, AOC, the squad, all these folks tweet a big game but Pelosi spits in their face and then they just voter speaker by acclamation. It's incredible. (laughs) Incredible.
0: It's my, my perfect, the perfect imagery for that, for me was in the wake of George Floyd and everybody in the country is sincerely concerned. (laughs) Right. And everybody wants to do something. Tim Scott, Republican Senator wrote a very, very thoughtful bill. Democrats summarily filibustered. But I mean, the point was clear. Everybody thought, you know, this is maybe a time where we can get together on this what Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer did to respond to this, they literally put on a Kenta cloth, walked out to a press conference and pretended like they were speaking for the African-American community.
1: Ah, right. Yeah. And I believe there was some kneeling involved as well. At some I mean, it, it was just such
0: absolute bullshit. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine. Can you imagine being a, a justice Democrat investing your life in the causes that had come to the fore at that moment in time, and the leaders of your party walk out in African scarves and pretend like doing nothing is okay, like that's that's the ant. Just blame Republicans, guys. That's the it's the key to this election.
1: There was a <laughs> a really nice little additional wrinkle to this whole thing, as I'm sure you remember. Uh, you had. Uh, progressive saying that the filibuster was a Jim Crow uh, relic you know relic right right and at the same time using the filibuster to stop a black republicans police reform bill it's amazing it's It's amazing it's it's stunning and brazen what they can get away with and
0: they're (laughs) Their entire calculation is that they'll never be held accountable by the media, right?
1: right? right. That if
0: not, absolutely nothing gets done on Donald Trump's watch and Mitch McConnell's watch, that they will blame Republican. The American people will blame Republicans because, you know, that's just the way the media works, right? right, right. And they just bank on it. And the funny thing is, it if that is all that you had to worry about, it would work because the media totally goes along with it. Problem is, American people are a little smarter than Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer think. You know, right. they, take, they take a look at the, the idiots standing in Kenta Claus and, and say like, what? <laughs> Those people represent me? No, 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 no. Right. And, and so evaluating all of that is ultimately w- what led House Democrats to lose a whole bunch of seats because she spent the, the, the next three months, her, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, telling everybody that they weren't going to do any c- coronavirus relief unless they got $2 trillion for state and local slush funds and a, a, a blue state tax cut for millionaires. Right. And they were never held accountable. But
1: uh, American people tuned in. Right.
0: They were listening. It's incredible. Anyway.
1: Well, well it's, 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 it's one thing, you know, for the media to try to spin it for them, uh, the brazen hypocrisy. But the one thing that the American people you know, can see for their own eyes is when you get these folks on tape and yes, shifting here to our runoffs in Georgia, there is a guy there, this Ralph Warnock, Raphael uh, Warnock, Raphael Warnock. Right, right. Boy, is there a lot of tape on this guy?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think like my honest question, were Democrats just hoping none of this came up? Like, I, I, I'm i blown away that he's the Democratic nominee. I've actually never seen a candidate with more horrible liabilities on tape than Raphael
1: Warnock. Well, you know, I think uh, maybe there was some sensitivity uh, with old Chuck Schumer on this one because he had spent much of the primary season, as you know, uh, doing his best to beat African-American Democrats in primaries. Yeah. Uh, You know, Cory Booker in Kentucky, uh, Smith
0: in North Carolina.
1: Right. And um, I think his name is Royce uh, West in uh, Texas. Texas. Yep. So uh, Chuck Schumer has a proven track record of helping white people beat african-american candidates in uh, democratic primaries it's going on
0: for cycles by the way
1: right 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 so so i think this is a situation where maybe there's sensitivity couldn't (laughs) couldn't do that (laughs) well well,
0: they picked the wrong guy let's play audio on uh the first piece here
1: america needs to repent for its worship of whiteness
0: okay so uh, apologizing for whiteness How, how um I mean, how extreme do we get here? Is this is this like this guy's running for statewide office in Georgia?
1: Right. I mean,
0: really yeah, apologizing he, for whiteness?
1: Yeah, I mean, he might be the most extreme statewide candidate that I can recall.
0: I mean, we've seen the Opo, I mean, the Apple file is is like a comic book. Of right. uh, of apophiles. I mean, this, this Jeremiah Jeremiah Wright embracing everything that he has said over the years. I mean, th- this Fidel Castro. Is not, Fide- oh God, how can I forget? He invited Fidel Castro to show up at his yeah. church. Yeah. So yeah, communism, hooray! Not only just communism, hooray! But but here's a guy who was an adversary of the United States who, you know, at one point fifty years ago we were afraid was on the precipice of inviting the Russians to actually kill everyone in America. But welcome to the church.
1: Welcome to the church. What I love, what I love about it. And and we sort of started the show with, uh, with the internal food fight among the Dems trying to explain why they lost. It's almost like they, they found all the ways that they lost and put them in one candidate for a runoff. This is great, Good
0: luck, Mr. Warnock, but we're not done. We have one more piece of audio to play. This one's actually my favorite because of what it elicited from democratic apologists in the media and, and on Capitol Hill. Let's play this one.
1: America, nobody can serve God and the military.
0: So you can't, uh, you, you, you can't, uh, worship and be in the military. Yeah. It's an interesting, it's a really interesting take. Uh, you know, I, I'm unfamiliar with that particular religious uh, belief, but not Democrats. Democrats apparently are, are well, very well-versed in this viewpoint. And our good friend Brian Schatz decided to come out and explain to us exactly what it is that all of this meant. And he did so with the theological experience that you look for in times like these. <laughs> he fucking Googled it.
1: <laughs> now, what I what I really love about this is like Brian Chat's pontificating on the Bible is like a kid showing up to English class only having read the cliff notes of the book. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's not even that. It's like if if cliff, cliff notes were available just on your phone that you could look <laughs> as you're walking into class. <laughs> so this cat starts by saying this is his tweets yesterday. Starts by saying, "I'm not a very religious person, but isn't this from scripture?" Okay, well, and he's responding to Marco Rubio, who is, uh, you know, finding flaw in Warnock's view of the military being right. compatible with uh, basically everything to do with religion. So then he says, "Hey, I just Googled it." <laughs> I'm sorry, it's
1: hard for me. To go. It's like just admitting it, you just admit, "Hey, I'm not an expert." Uh, and I also, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to do the least amount of work possible to try to, to entertain a response to this.
0: He's responding to a guy who posts a Bible verse every day of his life, by the right, way. Right,
1: right. So it's right. not
0: like he's dealing with another guy who needs to Google in order to have some familiarity with Christian beliefs. Right. So, so, but he says, I just Google and it appears to be from Matthew. If you want to attack the reverend on his policy, fine.
1: But this is a low blow. Oh, low blow. We're low blows now.
0: So you know, like I can't let this go. I'm laughing my ass off, frankly. And I, so I write basically, basically back something to the extent that it's like perfectly lib to to come back and say I googled your religion and right. you know what it says
1: right. Let me not only that. Let me tell you what it yes. means. Think about that. <laughs> it's, that's a perfect lib
0: thing to do. So he, but he, all this angers Shatz. So Shatz comes back at me. I'm Jewish. So not very familiar with the New Testament, Josh. You might want to delete this one. (laughs) So wait, so wait, 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 wait. Let me rewind and remind you that he started this conversation by saying, I'm not very religious. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But isn't this from scripture? Right. And he ends it by saying, I'm Jewish, so I'm not familiar with the New Testament.
1: Right. No,
0: <laughs> no, Brian, shats. That's not the way it works. You don't get to enter with knowing nothing. Google it and then come back a devout Jew that is as somehow. by the way, which is no, no excuse to have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Right. I mean, he entered this conversation. He Nobody chose, he chose this. It. Right. Right. He, he decided to lecture a practicing Christian about what it meant to be a Christian and an interpretation of a Bible verse. And then now he's like, well, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> it's
1: a real shats the bed. Yeah, shats. Bed. I like that. I like that. <laughs> but, but here's the thing is it wasn't just Democrats doing the old rapid response. We had a lot of, a lot of folks in the media, um, you know, arms of the DSCC's comm shop, um, our brave firefighters, Uh, Also had a lot of takes here. Um, One I got here is from Sam Stein, journalist. Why are Raphael Warnock's faith and sermons fair game for attack, but Amy Coney Barrett's religious views not? (laughs) I just love, I love this tweet. I love it because it's like, not only is it a false equivalency, But also, like, (laughs) Democrats always blame Republicans for doing this, you know, (laughs) and just like moving the ball. But they do it on everything. What I love about this is when the liberals and the media were attacking Amy Coney Barrett, we, we weren't talking about a disagreement on specific scripture, I mean, they straight up accused her of being part of a handmade cult that was subservient <laughs> to men. <So laughs> let's, 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 let's be very clear on that.
0: This, a- wasn't, this wasn't, it, what they did is Google. They must have Googled Catholicism and they came up with the result like, oh my gosh, this oh, is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. It's such a false equivalence. It's completely ridiculous. They were literally, as you said, accusing Amy Coney Barrett of being a handmade. Right. And, 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 and when Republicans said no, you know, like that's totally inappropriate because a it's not true. And B, it's like terribly prejudice against people of faith. Right. Then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this guy who says you can't serve in the military and serve God at the same time. It's got, you know, similar beliefs.
1: It's right. Like, no, 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 no. That's no, the same. No. <laughs> no.
0: no, sir. That is not something people believe. That is not something. And if they do, they have absolutely no business being anywhere near the United States Senate. Oh, God. Well, listen, we're going to see a lot more of that. I mean, you're going to see uh, as this campaign goes along in Georgia, a whole bunch of people in the media jump to defend Raphael Warnock, who is incredibly indefensible. So we're going to stay on this and we're going to keep playing audio from what this, this gentleman has had to say, and it, is, uh, it will offend you to your core. But, but speaking of offending you to your core, there's one Democrat who has done that very well uh, over the last year and a half, who's decided to make a reemergence after a 20-point loss in Kentucky. And her name, of course, is Amy McGrath, Mike.
1: Oh, what a treat. <laughs>
0: Why don't you let everybody know what Amy's new project is?
1: Oh, well, um, Amy McGrath, you know, in addition to losing by 20, 21 points in Kentucky, also raised, you know, probably at the end of the day, like a hundred million dollars to do so. So she's built like a huge email list, a donor file. And instead of just like sending an email and saying, go donate to Raphael Warnock or John Ossoff. No, no, no. That would be too simple. (laughs) that would be that would be too straightforward instead she's launching a super pack and wants you to donate to that welcome
0: my friends to the grift that never ends
1: (laughs) well it's like look packs are fine packs packs are great there's some packs that do a lot of really great work you should donate to a pack based on you know the efficacy of its work Um, and there's also a lot of single issue packs if you support gun rights you know, they endorse slates of candidates, donate to them, vet them, advertise for them. That's all, all great. Why would anybody give a cent to the team that just lost a race by 21 points? <laughs> Is to say, we did such a bang up job in Kentucky. Give us another hundred million dollars to help lose Georgia.
0: After summarily fleecing people for a year and a half under the guise that they were doing good work, incredible. But it goes back to that, like our first opening segment on this pod was that you can just continue to fail upward in democratic politics. Like no amount of failure precludes you from participation. It's in, it's 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 truly a remarkable thing. Thank goodness, as a practicing Republican, that Democrats have this. I mean. Can you imagine if they actually did their job well? Yeah, I I want to know. I like we might have to have a podcast where we get a hold of somebody who has contributed to Amy McGrath's Super PAC because yeah. I just have a few questions for them. Right? You know, like, what the hell are you doing? What are you expecting to get out of this? Yeah, Is she she's the, she's the candidate for this. She's the one that's that's going to win you Georgia, huh? <laughs> Uh, so there's what there's one more one more topic in, that I wanted to quickly discuss because it was all over the internet. And um, uh, yesterday I made the observation that Obama's audiobook was 29 hours long. Yikes! He released his audiobook yesterday. And Mind you, this is volume one of this tomb that this guy has written. Right? He's I think he's already had like four. We covered this two straight podcasts because I can't get enough of it. I, I am. He drives me so crazy. There's basically no human that drives me as crazy as Barack Obama. But he released the audio yesterday and it was 29 hours long. And so I'm like, look, as a guy who spent nearly two decades around senators, this breaks new ground for being able to talk about yourself.
1: Right. These are <laughs> these are these are long-winded people, senators.
0: These are like I- I've spent my life around people who, when they deliver a eulogy, they make it about themselves. Yeah,
1: they find a way. They gotta find right. a way to get something in there.
0: So I'm familiar with people who like to speak about themselves. Nothing compares to somebody like this. This is in a Olympic category as far as I'm concerned. So, so I make the observation and the pod bros go insane. The, the, the pod bros, I don't even know if you saw this, Michael, but the pod bros jumped down my throat, furious about any sort of desecration of Barack Obama's legacy and began pointing out that there is a center in Kentucky named after Mitch
1: McConnell. Oh, brutal oppo. Oh. oh, they just dropped the oppo right in your face.
0: Oh, it's so tough. Guys. <laughs> it's so tough. What they probably didn't realize is that their are now president elect Joe Biden spoke there. And it's right. actually a, a center to provide <clears throat> scholarships for underprivileged Kentuckians.
1: Right. Right. No, I <laughs> love it. oppo. I love it. I, <laughs> here's the thing. I mean, I love that America's Woke podcast is four mediocre white dudes taking credit for what the first black president did. <laughs> I absolutely love it. You love to see it. <laughs> and it explains, it explains why, you know, Obama has to put out another memoir Taking, taking back a little bit of credit, you know, because these guys every week get on the pod and it's take, take, take. This is how we did it. And whenever they had a problem on the Obama campaign, the solution was always, I don't know, let's give the most gifted public speaker in modern political history a speech. Like that's how they solved all their problems. And these are the guys who come at us.
0: And they're the ones that come at ruthless as if they're just gonna, you know, yeah, blow us away with their intellect. Incredible. (laughs) Well, look, Duncan, I got to tell you, man, it's been a pleasure. Uh, You have faithfully served the program and our listeners on behalf of Smug and myself. Thank you for being on Ruthless. And I'm not even going to give the taglines. That's only for Smug to do. Uh, So we will just end it with this. And I hope. We can count on everybody joining us again next Tuesday. I will say you better like the program. You got to give us some stars. You got to refer some friends. Very important that we continue to grow this sucker.